Nightwatch says the only people who have to worry are the ones with something to hide. I'm just trying to get through this thing, and it ain't easy. I'm walking a tightrope here, and I thought you'd understand. I look like I'm wearing a circus tent. Any minute now, a little teeny car with 16 clowns in it's gonna come flying out of my butt. Zog? What do you mean, Zog? Zog what? Zog yes? Zog no? Hello and welcome to Who Are You? A Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who have gotten to know each other and will continue to get to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And we're going to play some plot poker. Yeah, we have fresh new cards, don't we? Yep. We've, we're diving into a new set here. All of the shadow cards haven't made it. The cards in the Shadow expansion, rather, have not made it to their destination yet. So we're going to open some great war packs. And we've also taken our previous piles of characters, problems, solutions, and twists from the first box and paired them down to just five or six in a pile. So that way we get a lot of new stuff, kind of keep it fresh. Yeah, mixing it up here. And with that said, let's 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 crack some packs. I love it. This is my favorite part of plot poker. Do you always use scissors to crack a pack? I I've am, never noticed this before. I'm not good at. It. I I haven't been using scissors, but I asked Aaron this time. I was like, "Get me some scissors. I'm so bad at it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I have a good oh, one. You got a good one. My first. Did you get the? Well, my first character is Zathras. Oh, is it Zathras or is it Zathras? I think it's Zathras, but I'm not 100% sure. What about Zathras? <laughs> Fun fact, if you look at the layout, there's four or five different Zathras cards in this set. Oh, really? And they all have the apostrophe in a different place. That's cute. This is middle apostrophe, everyone. This is between the T and the H. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I just got a labor strike. A labor strike. Hmm. Where have we seen that before? Oh, I have a second character in here. Nice. Uh, I have Lieutenant David Corwin. Oh, hey, we know that guy. We know that guy. We love that guy. I got a uh, Prime Minister Verano of the Centauri. Hmm. I don't remember that Prime Minister. He is the current Prime Minister. Okay. All right. Oh, this one's great. It's Marcus, and it's the title mm -hmm. is Bluff. And look at this picture. That's a great card. That's a good good card. I'm going to put that under solution. I was going to say, that sounds like a solution to me. Ooh, that's a really good card, but total spoily. I'm going to set that one aside for okay. when it's not a giant spoiler. Yeah, we were going to try to pick spoilers out of here right now and then work them back in just for the yeah. listener. And my second pack only had super spoily cards mm. in Marcus. So, oh, hey, this is actually the plot of the next episode we're reviewing. So I'll put it in for now. Yeah, do it. Not not the one we're about to do, but next week's. Ooh, I got a Techno Mage. Ooh. That could be like anything. That could be your character. That could be your problem. That could be a solution. Just surprise us. Oh, I have a, a character for this episode. How funny. Nice. Is it our uh, Minister of Peace? It sure is. Human character. Julie Musante. Well, I just opened a big old pile of packs. I mm -hmm. feel good. My inner child is satiated. 
All right. I got my four cards in front of me. Okay. You've, you selected? I have selected. All right. So our episode starts ooh, with a soul hunter coming to the station. Ooh. That's an A plot that sounds familiar. Yep. Is this... A- isn't the B plot of that episode the latent telepath, or am I just throwing those episodes right across? Because I just got the latent telepath as the problem on the station. It can't be. Surely not. That's a lot to go. But as I say, that's a lot to go on in one episode. That's how Babylon 5B, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it do. No. Okay. So Soul Hunter arrives on our station in our cold open, and we have a latent telepath running around who's causing all kinds of problems. The latent telepath is eventually encountered by Marcus. Okay. Who bluffs them into calming down. They were having one of those Psy Tremor things mm. that used to be a problem yeah. before the Psy Corps regulated everything. So Marcus comes in. And kind of bluffs, right? That sounds very Marcus. Yeah, kind of. And again, you know, just like gets them to calm down. And then, uh, you know, Franklin can get that telepath on the uh, Underground Railroad or what have you. Is the Soul Hunter uh, looking for the latent telepath? The Soul Hunter, we don't know who they're there for. Okay, they're doing that uh, thing again. They're doing that thing again. And towards the end of the episode, they encounter Marcus who asks, who are you, to the soul hunter? (laughs) To which the soul hunter stops and is very puzzled and then just just like, the time isn't right, and leaves. Oh, that's very foreboding for Mr. Marcus. It is. (laughs) Sure hope nothing bad happens to that guy. Mm -hmm. I uh, can see Marcus in this role. I I look forward to this Marcus-heavy episode. Oh, well, I got to ditch my card because I tried to draw a latent telepath for the B-plot, but we've, <laughs> we're already in there. Okay, in the B-plot, Zach Allen. We're getting some good faces from our season three intro. Yeah. Because Zach Allen gets his own face in season three intro, mm-hmm. and Marcus, Marcus gets his own well. face. Yeah, this is a real season three shining episode. Mm-hmm. And Zach Allen is dealing... With some changing opinions around oh, the station. That sounds like the episode we're about to review a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit Nightwatch related. Maybe maybe it's a little Psychor related. Let's see. Okay. The Earth government has made an alliance with that race. Remember the race that we saw in the episode where uh, Ivanova makes that alliance? What was their name? I don't remember. Yeah, but we had the, cre- the creepwads, the creepies. Yeah, <laughs> the creeper race. So, um, the Jared Leto's. Yeah, yeah, those guys. We made an alliance with those guys. Oh, good. Because we're trying to, you know, shore up some things back home. We're trying to protect mm-hmm. Earth because of these these shifting opinions that we have about aliens and these aliens. You know, they were pretty on the ball. They really liked how we do things. So we've made an alliance with them. And as Zach is like dealing with people on the station, you know, some of our ambassadors are mm-hmm. know this other race and he's trying to keep the peace. We have a, a bit of a loss of face 
with all these ah. other ambassadors. And he has some, you know, quippy conversations with like Jakar. And, you know, maybe Delenn is a little disappointed. And we just kind of have a, a bummer B plot where Earth keeps doing questionable things. <laughs> Fucking Earth, stop doing that questionable thing. Yeah. So we could really just slot this one in like anywhere in season three, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly evidenced by the episode we're about to review. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're going to uh, rate right now. We got to rate the episode we just created. Yeah. What do you think? Well, it's very season three feeling to me, more so than the episode we're about to review, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah, I think it's very season three. It's one of those where we showcase some people we don't get a lot, which is always a fun thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think this would be a fun episode. I'd watch this episode. I think this is a solid three out of the five, middle of the road, early season three episode. Yeah, it's really setting a stage. We yeah. get some creepy Earth stuff and some creepy general stuff. So, mm -hmm. all right, we did it. We did it. Plot poker. And it will be back again in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. But before all of that, we've got to talk about season three, episode five, Voices of Authority. <laughs> you put a real spin on that. Nice radio spin. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm practicing my radio voice in actuality because I was thinking about starting a fiver to doing voiceover work. Oh, oh, man, that'd be fun. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got all this nice editing and all this nice sound recording equipment, so I figure I may as well do something with it. Yeah, squeeze a couple bucks out of it if I can. Sure, get that Christmas money. Mm-hmm. Good luck, my friend. All right. Well, we open on Zach Allen, man of the people, complaining about the fit on his uniform jacket. Very relatable. <laughs> this comes up late. I think in early season four, this comes up again. Oh, actually. does it? Yeah. There is a scene, I want to say it's in season four, where Zach is getting fitted for a new uniform. And all of the people who are actually fitting him for the uniform in the scene are the tailoring staff of Babylon 5. Oh, cool. All done up as aliens. Uh-huh. And so when he's, like, complaining about the fit, he's complaining about the fit on camera to the people who actually made the uniform in the first place. That's very funny. It's clutch. It's uh, a great scene. If it was me, one of the tailoring staff, I would have to be in alien makeup, so I wouldn't be cracking up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So yeah, mm -hmm. he's complaining about his uniform to Garibaldi, right? Yeah. And Garibaldi gets this call on the link that Ivanova has a code 7R, and he has to, to ditch Zach. But you can see Zach is a little bit suspicious about Code 7R. Yeah, what's, what's that 7R? I don't know that one. Well, it's a war council meeting is what it is. Yeah, Aaron pointed this out. He said, have we seen this set before? And I said, I don't think so. I think this is the new war council set, right? Yeah. Which just, it's going to get we saw, more interesting, Yeah, we've seen I it think. at the end of a couple episodes. Yeah. We haven't really seen a lot of it yet. Yeah, we get more interesting war council stuff later, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. So uh, at this war council meeting, Delenn is looking for the first one. She's, she's thinking that you know, yeah. shadows are waking up. It's all happening faster than we wanted. It is time for us to consider reaching out to some of these other older races that are a little bit mysterious, hard to contact, possibly dangerous. Hopefully not as big of assholes as the Vorlons. <laughs> Hopefully, but I'm not holding a lot of hope, are you? Nope. Especially not after this episode. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's one's all like draw, like draw. Hey, hey, draw. Like all the first ones out there. Like if there are the first ones, you'd, you'd tell us, right? Like mm-hmm. if you knew there are the first ones, like you know, you do the thing. Like you know, you're in the great machine. You're doing the great machine stuff. And you're viewing all of time and space simultaneously. You know, like you got to know where the other first ones are, right? Like you got to like that's just the way it works. Like it's in the great machine. It's what it does. So you got to know. So you tell us, right? You tell us. Yeah, you tell us. You totally tell us. Of course you tell us. You'd have to tell us. Otherwise, what are we doing? That's the whole point of the great machine. So you tell us, right? Draw, right? And then Draw shows up uh-huh. and is all <laughs> like, oh, yes, this is a great idea. I just need you to come down to the planet and do my job for me. It will be fun. Yeah, Droll is just like, why are you here, Droll? <laughs> what are you doing, my friend? It's because we built right. that set. We built the set for the great machine. We got to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to hit the hit hit a J with Kasha's number one smoking buddy <laughs> and had, take a trip. That's all he's asking Bring for. Bring him on down. Yeah. Yeah. So Sheridan agrees. Mm-hmm. Sheridan agrees. Marcus is a little nervous about this, it seems like. Yeah. Marcus is all like, kind of like pitching a little bit of a bitch about this. And it's just like, this is a bad idea. In Ranger training, they told us this was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then Delenn puts a hand on his shoulder and it's like, sweet summer child. I'm Ranger mm-hmm. One. I told them to tell you this was a bad idea. We're doing it anyways. It's only <laughs> a bad idea if it's not mine. It is a magnificent idea. <laughs> right i don't want you doing it but me telling you it that's yes. okay yeah so they've got to go down to the planet uh, remember how that planet had all the missiles and yeah. stuff Drell was promised not to fire anything off yeah just come on down in like four hours give me some time to you know clean up get some snacks mm-hmm. run to 7-eleven get <laughs> get the munchies ready yeah. to go yeah 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 we cut back to zach who is Greeting a new officer from the Ministry of Peace. It's Julie Masante. Yep. She is a, a very forceful lady, and it seems to be something that Zach is into. Yeah. Uh, he totally checks out her yeah, butt. Yeah, he, he gets told what to do. He is not subtle. And he's into it, and he's got a vibe. He's he's all over it. <laughs> I looked, I just was like, yep, this is a certain kind of dude. We see Jakar again. We get a scene yes. with Jakar. So we see Jakar run into Delenn at the Zocalo, and he's all like, Delenn, buddy, guy, I can't help but notice you're having all of these secret meetings without me. That's crazy. You wouldn't possibly be like forming some kind of secret military alliance that would have the strength to fight off the Centauri and free my oppressed people, would you? That'd be crazy. That can't be what's happening because you'd invite me to those meetings. Right, Delenn? Those secret meetings you're having without me? Right? You're gonna... Right? And Delenn is just completely poker-faced, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Rangers? Ooh, let me dramatically turn around to immediately say yeah. nothing. Why would I know about that D&D class? That's weird, Jakar. I don't play Dungeons & Dragons, you big <laughs> old nerd. Why don't you get on something else? <laughs> she keeps it very cool, even when he names her organization by name. I will say the fact that he used Rangers and not like Anla Shock or something. True, true. Was kind of a bummer for me. Oh yeah, he uses like the human. I think it would have been a lot better yeah. instead of. I mean, if he gave the Minbari name, I mean, that's yeah. a little harder to dodge, right? Yeah. For us, the Rangers are very general. Or if both, it's all like I keep hearing Anla Shock and Rangers. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's like they're the same organization. Yeah. 
but one is human and one is Mimbari. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> that would be uh, very hard, very hard to dip. Yeah. So we cut from them to Julie Masante meeting with Sheridan. And she's going through his stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like in his office yeah. touching his things. You have some very impressive objects. She is really about that reverse Marie Kondo life. <laughs> Like, his uniform needs more flair. He needs globes of Earth everywhere. Uh You know, he should have a flag of every representative nation of the uh, Earth Federation in here. Every single one from EarthGov. You know, just, like, really make it feel like it's Earth's place. This station that we specifically built to be a home for many different kinds of aliens (laughs) should should be very Earth-centric. Julie explains what she's there for. She's been appointed by the Senate committee on Babylon 5 to be his new political officer to help him navigate the minefields that is the emerging government and thought and policy on Earth without accidentally embarrassing Earth again, again, again. (laughs) I was going to say, at this point in the episode, she has a point. (laughs) Yeah. Sheridan has not got a great track record here. No, he does not. He's about as happy as this as Eli Lilly is with Elon Musk. (laughs) She has a dinner rezzo for 6 p.m. for them at Fresh Air, which he has to cancel his plan to do edibles withdrawal and forget how to walk to the kitchen. Mm, And that's a real bummer for him. That is a real bummer. So he delegates that to Ivanova while Julie kind of forcefully tell Zach it's time to spill the beans on stuff. Yeah, she invites him in. (laughs) She is the least subtle person I have never met. We get some real Tucker Carlson logic over dinner. Yeah, she's she is very dolled up for this conversation. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you if you're awkward now looking at these two having dinner at a fancy restaurant, (laughs) just wait a few minutes. Yeah. She does some mental gymnastics. A bit. Looking, anyone who wanted a job could have a job. That's the EarthGov Mm -hmm, promise. mm -hmm. So anyone who doesn't have a job, it's because they're insane or criminals or lazy. There is no homelessness problem. Mm -hmm. There is no economic problem. Everyone who would have, they just don't want jobs. That's not our problem. You know, and it's just like, when did all these problems go away? And she's just like, when they rewrote the dictionary. So she's. Touche. She is (laughs) so aware of her own hypocrisy and does not care. She don't give a fuck. Does not mind. It is Mm -hmm. all okay in her eyes. Yeah. Well, anyone who disagrees is a anarchist troublemaker or simply unpatriotic. Yeah. Yeah. Those words seem familiar. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Oh, man. Back on Epsilon 3, Drawl gives Ivanova the red pill. (laughs) Man, just fuck QAnon for ruining that. Yeah. Just getting that out there. It's still a good Matrix reference. I'm still still there. This predates the Matrix. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, he doesn't say red pill, but he's all like, step inside the Matrix and stuff and this whole Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, there was multiple references very quickly that were it couldn't have been a mistake the Wachowskis well they worked with JMS on Sense8 so they were probably fans actually I want to I want to believe that anyway 
Uh, especially, you know, this is a, yeah. this is a big machine. I uh, did laugh a little bit at, you know, because I feel like our quality of the graphics and the visuals keeps going up in the show. And when you look at the great mm-hmm. machine again, it's like, oh, it's a bunch of tubes. <laughs> it's just tubes. Yeah. And we just stick our arms in the tubes and all of a sudden we're in the space tubes. Yeah. Ivanova hits that Vitruvian bong and goes on a trip to Sigma 957 where she finds evidence of the first ones before being noticed by those shadow eyes. Super cool effect in space. Do you remember Sigma 957? Is that where Catherine Sakai? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. She went near Sigma 957, and this alien that we are looking for, these aliens, they're referred to as the walkers because they walk near Sigma 957, as Jakar said. So I thought that was a nice little callback to somewhere we've already been. It's been a while. That was season one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those shadow eyes, not good. Yeah, she gets away, but on her way away from those shadow's eyes, uh, she sees Clark confirm his culpability in the assassination of President Santiago. Yeah, it's not clear to me why we see this. Like, what, did she just take the wrong space tube? We see it so that episode nine can happen. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she sees a transmission. He's discussing the, how it's, how it's Mm going to go down, right? It hasn't happened yet, but he's. It seems like it's about Mm -hmm. to. There's a familiar voice. I, I. Did not recognize this voice, and it was not in my season guide who this voice was. Really? I I should have checked online. I didn't do my normal Usenet check. Man, it's Mr. Morden. It's Morden? It's gotta be. Go back and listen again. Okay. The closed captions just say male number one, but that was... Uh, It's it's, it's It's definitely Morden. No, it's confirmed it's Morden. You found it in the notes. Um, yeah. I don't think Ivanova tracks it as Morden, though. She, I don't know. Has she been introduced to Mr. Morden yet? We as the audience know that. We can hear it. Yeah. But I don't think Ivanova has met um, Morden, and so she can't put it together. A question directly asked to JMS was, why didn't they recognize Morden's voice? And his answer was, who's to say they didn't? Hmm. Okay. So I could be wrong, but I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think Ivanova had met Morden. I don't think she has. No. I don't even know if. But he was in a holding cell for like two days at this point. So who that's knows? right. Because Sheridan had him for a long time. Yeah. Sheridan and Garibaldi would 100 percent recognize, recognize the voice. that voice. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Hmm. So after Ivanova sees this footage of President Clark and Earth Force One, she comes unplugged. From the great machine. And she's all like, draw, you got to give me some of this shit to take home. He's like, I can give you a recording of your trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's always recording, not creepy at all. He's always listening and he's mm-hmm. always recording. But he's not going to tell us where the first ones right. are. Right, right. <laughs> Back on the station, Julie follows Sheridan to his quarters after she's been locked oh out. God. Air quotes of hers. <laughs> She totally naked man's Yeah, he offers to make her a drink. She accepts the offer. He turns away for one second, and she is completely naked. (laughs) Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, I've seen seen most of it, yeah. 
this this is they have an entire episode dedicated to people doing this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that just for old times. Yeah, I was just like, oh god, it's the naked man. Yeah, Ivanova interrupts, gets some slut shade in. I felt. I was like, this is a very 90s thing to say. We we said this in the 90s yeah. and we all had a good laugh. Ha 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 ha. I don't like yeah. it now, Ivanova. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's a way for you to get a Star Trek dig yeah. in. Yeah. Right. Where everyone has gone before. Rude. It's very rude. Very rude. And she pops in with completely no context. Right. I, I guess she knew probably... I don't think we see her meet Julie Masante, but she knows Julie Masante's around and she probably knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, yeah, so it's happening on the station. So Ivanova Yeah, knows. but you just pop in on your boss and there's a naked lady there and uh, mm-hmm. get in some snide remarks about it. You got no idea what's going on, lady. Maybe keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Very funny, though. We get a good uh, expression out of her. She's got a very expressive face. But yeah, mm-hmm. Julie is uh trying to trying to put the moves on Sheridan and make him more malleable. Yeah. He does the old like kiss and dip to distract her from Ivanova's presence. <laughs> yeah, from hologram Ivanova. And then is all like, Oh, is it cold in here? I'm gonna go oh, I've gotta go use the bathroom, just dodging every which way. Yeah, gotta go turn up that thermostat. Oh, I think I left the tea yep. kettle on. We're in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. She did get a thing in about how his quarters are larger than normal and everyone should do their part and pay their rent. <laughs> nice, nice right. callback to season two. After this, uh, we cut over to Jakar, who gives Garibaldi shit about the secret meetings. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, look. There's nothing you can do to help us, Jakar. And Jakar's all like, bullshit. Yeah. He's pretty resourceful, our Jakar. Even though he doesn't have a lot at his disposal, he's got what? The mm-hmm. the Narn population on the station. He's got any contacts he can scrabble up. But we've seen him be very resourceful with very little. Well, I think once he knows what these meetings are actually about... Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he gives, that's why the ending happens with uh, Garibaldi. Oh, yes, and he has historical knowledge from Narn about this particular Mm -hmm. problem that they're working on. Yeah, so that's how he can contribute. Anyways, our uh, political advisor is very grumpy for someone who got naked without explicit consent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's... Not a good look. Yeah, she doesn't really have a leg to stand on here, but she's complaining Mm -hmm. to Zach about... Sheridan's impressive negotiation abilities. <laughs> yeah. All the no, no, no's. And Zach's all like, I prefer yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Creepy. Not okay. I mean, he does want to be told what to do. Uh, so bad. <laughs> yeah. She claps back at him with a little dig at his attire, which we already know is a sensitive mm-hmm. spot for poor Zach. Yeah. He oh, likes it. Yeah. He's a total A-cab tread on me harder daddy yeah. fuck. He, he's, I, if Julie Misante was more than a one episode character, I could see this being a running gag with him, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ivanova and Marcus take the White Star out to Sigma 957. 
Yeah. They're going to go in person and try to deliver a message. The Ministry of Peace lays down its no bad talkie to president (laughs) policy, encouraging those who are upset at President Clark to instead cheer him with an enthusiastic, let's go, Gary. (laughs) Oh, boy. I saw one of those today. This is off pod. (laughs) I actually had to Google. I assumed let's go Brandon was Brandon was Biden's middle name. It is not. Nope. Nope. It's a NASCAR driver. (laughs) (laughs) I I read all about where it came from to try and pick another name that would be appropriate for William Morgan Clark. And well, Gary's the actor's name. uh, That's that's uh, what I went with. There you go. That's a good choice. Yeah, they're going real 1984 George Orwell levels. Yeah, on any sort of speech, seditious thoughts, mm-hmm. any anything that can be happening on the station, Nightwatch is ready to know about it. Mm-hmm. She, she says that there is a purge coming. We yep. are going to start getting rid of people in the government who disagree with other people. And Nightwatch is going to be on the front lines. Yeah, it's this fascist bullshit. They were betrayed. They're gaslighting their own citizens. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that this was a fresh take and that the last 30 years were different, but they aren't. This doesn't even, like, get the appeal of feeling like satire anymore, unfortunately. No. And it's another reason I really want a reboot right now, you know? Like, I really want... (laughs) To have to grapple with this in a fresh new way. I would hope that it's not like this. I would hope that it's very different because in the eye of the 90s, mm-hmm. this was not possible. Right. right? This was extreme. This was yeah. satire. And now you look at it and you're like, this is two steps away from, well, dif- depending on the right. date, if it's January 6th, it's one step away from mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. This is what we thought happened in other places in the 90s. That's yeah. that's happened to other people. And you look at it from the view of like, oh, this was that government then or this is, you know, and uh, I think Reboot has to tackle it a little bit differently. Yeah. If this was a, a plot point. But I don't see how you could avoid mm-hmm. it right now. Yeah. Anyway. Marcus is giving Ivanov a shit for not handling boredom well. <laughs> I did not ask to be personally attacked. <laughs> no, right. He criticizes her pacing. Like, get out. <laughs> When I'm on the phone with somebody and like I'm occupied with talking to them, but not physically Mm -hmm. occupied, this is me. Like Mm -hmm. I am pacing. I am doing that thing. It's lucky that, you know, there's a microphone and headphones holding me here right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if I raise, I'm doing things with my hands down here to keep occupied or solving Rubik's cubes. I do that a lot on work meetings. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I'll sit there and solve a Rubik's Cube like 10, 12 times during the You know the what I got for my work desk? I got that kinetic sand stuff. Have you seen this stuff? Mm. My son played with it a lot when he was smaller. Mm-hmm. And so I have a thing of yeah. kinetic sand for me to fiddle with. It's very satisfying. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Olmec appears on the bridge to recount the tale of Marcus's lost joke about the French. Yeah. Ivanova explains the uh, burgeoning alliance and asks them to join. We cut away for Garibaldi showing Sheridan the recording, who says he's going to get it to General Haig, who can get it to the media without hey, being traced. Hey, General Haig. Woohoo. And then Ivanova talks mad shit. Yeah, her, th- her talking to the tiki head isn't going that great. Like, 
he just says Zog, mm-hmm. and they aren't really listening to her. And she decides to try a little reverse psychology, right? That's kind of what this is. 100%. And it works. Real good. Mm-hmm. She's all like, it's cool. The Vorlon said you guys were a joke anyways. Carried you during the last war. Carry you during this one. Don't worry. We'll let you know when the fighting's over so you can come back and just be safe since that's all you're good for. Mm-hmm. Little baby. <laughs> and then they're like, we're not babies. Hey. Big gamble. You bring them here. And tell us, and then we'll show up and help then. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Big gamble. Dummy. <laughs> but Ivanova, she she takes those big swings, and she nails it every time. We cut over to security, who is watching the ISN report leaking the recording. Their official stance is to wait for the truth, because eventually it always comes out. Yeah. yeah. Nice touch, Garibaldi. <laughs> After this, everyone leaves but Zack who Garibaldi gives him a little hell for Nightwatch. It's like, what'd you tell her? Like, what's going on? Can I trust you anymore? And Zach's like, I don't know. Do you trust me in the first mm-hmm. place? What is Code 7 ever? Throws it back yeah. at him. Yeah. He's out of the circle, and it bothers mm-hmm. him. Julie heads back to Earth to help clean up the mess with the president, and then Jakar shows up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. to throw the book of Jaquan at Michael Garibaldi. The best time to throw the book of Jaquan at anyone, right? Yeah. 3 a.m. Wake me up to throw a book at me. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Wasn't like I was finally getting sleep for the first time in a week. Right. As we see so often. Yeah. All right. Well, what did you think of this one? This certainly <laughs> isn't my favorite one because we have so many bangers coming in season True. three. If I'm looking at it in the light next to those awesome things that are coming up. And, you know, we even had a really good one with Passing Through Guest Enemy. Just recently. Excellent episode. Yeah. This one just doesn't hold up as well for me. I'd say I'd probably put this one in the twos, like below average. Yep. I put it as a two out of five. Yeah. Mostly because I feel like this episode doesn't know what it is. Yeah. There's a lot of disjointed plots from here to there. Yeah. Is this a building to the Shadow Ward episode? Mm-hmm. Is this Issues Back Home episode? Is this a comic relief episode? Is this yeah. just place setting? Are we introducing characters to do more with them later? Mm-hmm. Like, what ha- What goes on? Yeah, we're doing a lot of callbacks, too. Like, where where are we going? Yeah. yeah. This felt, to me, like a very late season one episode. Yeah. For me, the, the, In a the lot big of thing that takes me out of it, especially, is that all of a sudden we just see this conversation with... It's mm-hmm. very... Deus Ex Machina kind of thing. Like, we got in the great machine, and woo we got this thing. And mm-hmm. it, it, there, nobody earned it, really. It just got handed to yeah. us by the great machine, this big thing that's going to move that plot forward with Earth. And President mm-hmm. Clark's trying to get justice for what happened to President Santiago, the President Clark's betrayal. But it just didn't feel very earned- the first ones are, or this first one in particular, is kind of an afterthought. Like, it didn't seem like as much effort was put into these aliens as, as could have been. They're just, you know, we saw them in season one at Sigma 957. We called back yeah. to it. And this is the last mm-hmm. time we're going to see them, I think, until a certain point. Until we go back to Sigma 957. Yeah. And it's just like, they're weird tiki torch aliens. Mm-hmm. And... 
it's just it's weird and like they're supposed to be weird because they're the first ones right they're all weird that's the point so but it's just yeah this whole episode just feels very out of place to me Mm. i think you could have taken the two the a plot and the b plot here and made them both b plots of a separate episode Mm -hmm. of, of two separate episodes and it would be stronger for it. Yeah. The the link that ties them all together at the end is the recording. And mm-hmm. the recording to me didn't feel very earned and real. So when you tie them yeah. together by that weak link, it just didn't do much for me. So I, I think this is probably one of the weaker spots in season three, if I'm remembering. For sure. I haven't looked ahead too much, but I know there are bangers coming and this ain't it. I think once we hit episode eight or nine mm-hmm. off the top of my head, this season just runs until it done. It's yeah. done. Like it's just nonstop after mm-hmm. that. So I think that the the next but, one we have coming up too is a pretty good one if I remember correctly. What is it? What do we got coming? Yeah, we got season three, episode six, "Dust to Dust." A psychop investigates a powerful illegal drug on Babylon 5, but Sheridan distrusts his motives. Mm, well, Jakar makes a startling discovery about Londo. Mm, both of those things sound very dramatic, and anytime a psychop shows up, we mm-hmm. know who it's going to be. We got some We got some guesses. Yeah. Is it a, it's a boy B? Yeah. Best are coming around again? I look forward to any time that Walter Koenig is on this show. And for sure, he's great. Uh, a Jakar Londo plot is always intriguing. So mm-hmm. I, I have good feelings. Well acted. Yeah, well acted for sure. I have good feelings about this next episode. So while this one didn't do it for me, kind of just, you know, an episode. Next mm-hmm. one I'm really looking forward to. Me too. All right. Well, before we get there, we got to say thank you to a handful of people. Yeah. Thank you. Jeremy Siegel for our lovely theme music. You can find more of his work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. And thank you to our producer and editor, Aaron, who's been doing the job for months at this point. And I don't think we've officially thanked at the end of an episode, which is a gross oversight. Totally, totally uncredited, but he's so (laughs) humble. He doesn't mind. Add podcast editor. (laughs) to your resume yes if you wish absolutely and thank you to you the listener for being here with us we love sharing babylon 5 with yeah. you too we do go ahead and join our discord shoot us an email who are you b5 at gmail.com and uh, we'll see you next week internet all right bye